Good evening, Patriots. And it's still Friday. I'm Friday, Tuesday. I wish it was Friday sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, this crazy world. I'm like, what in the heck? Can we get dumber? Not really. I mean, we, last hour we listened to all the, I didn't even give you the date. It's Tuesday, 25th. We got that. It's 2020, 22, 2022. <laughs> still there. Nothing's changed since the last show. Unless we went through a time warp, and sometimes you think so. You get up in the morning, you're like, what What world am I on? What planet did I just step onto? This is nuts. Man, I'll tell you. Anyway, and I don't even know if I got the date right. You know what year it is. It's 2022. We're good. All right, before we begin tonight, MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is Bards Home Nation landing page for MyPillow. And there's all sorts of fantastic savings going on all over the MyPillow site. You can also go to the radio listeners box on the front page of MyPillow. There's some great stuff there. 50% off on the comforters. Man, I'm telling you, those are awesome. I think I'm going to buy some extras for gifts because they're they're just amazing. 50% off on the My Slippers. And you got 50% off on just all sorts of different towels. You get the three six-piece towel set, $26.99. It's awesome. So head on over there and just, it's just great. You have your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S, promo code, BARDS, BARDS, BARDS. And we're supporting a great company that the deep state hates. That Those are two things that go together really well. A company that loves liberty and whose CEO has Christ in his heart and who the deep state despises. That's like, man, this is like Christmas. Let's do it. So head on over to MyPillow.com and check out everything there. Use your Promo code BARDS for some fantastic savings on the My Pillow site. And you can use it on the My Store site and on the FrankSpeech.com. Also, The Founders Bible, TheFoundersBible.com. Do you know that they're now in a new, having to do a new production? They just are having to get ready to order, make a whole new production of Bibles because we've sold so many. This is awesome. Patriots, this is awesome. This is like, you know what that's like? I mean, how many, the guy's probably going, Finally. You finally figured out what the best book on this on the bestseller list is. It's like, yep. But thefoundersbible.com is an NESB 1995 edition. Has our founders document worked in. You can get 20% off if you use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Use that in the coupon section at checkout. It's truly an heirloom Bible. Amazing. It's printed in the United States. One of the only Bibles that is actually printed in the United States other than where most of them are printed in China. They always tell you this. Why did you print it in China? Because we want to enlighten people to get to touch the Bible. It's like, no, you don't. You want cheap enslaved Christian labor is what you want to make more profits, but not this one, not the founder's Bible. And it's an amazing story of God's word and of the knowledge that our founding fathers used scripture as a way of communicating. It was part of their common tongue. It was amazing. It's a living language. Anyway, thefoundersbible.com, promo code BARDS for 20% off. Finally, Expedition, X-P-E-D, expeditioncoffee.com. Fantastic coffee, coffee for the Bards Nation. It's a warrior's coffee. Gets your energy up, lasts all day long. Keeps you mentally focused. Get your serotonin up, builds your immune system. Gets you cooking. Then you use that with the other products that are there on expeditioncoffee.com, like Immune XP, which is an immune booster. Based on pine cone extract, it raises your vitamins with high levels of vitamin C. You also have the 
gut health triad, which leaky gut is one of the number one problems of health that we have in the United States, and this helps get that squared away. You also have a, you have Pure 47, which is the most refined silver extract on the market. It rocks. Do you know that most presidents secretly use colonial silver to cure themselves? We don't tell the public that because they want you all to take a vax. And, and this nano silver will actually isolate pathogens in your body and even including HIV and the SARS-CoV complement of bioweapons being launched against you. And finally, there's Earth, which is a full body nutrient supplement. Mix it in a shake each day, drink it. Your body just turns into an energizer bunny, man. So head on over there. Check that out. It's a whole complement of products designed to give you your health sovereignty back and boost your immune system, keep you away from those medical internment camps we call hospitals. And that's what they are these days. So expedition, X-P-E-D, expeditioncoffee.com. So I read this last night. I actually read it in the previous show, but I want to read the scripture again. Jeremiah 8, 8. How can you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is? is with us, but behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie. There's a lot of interpretations of this. I want to use this in the context of what we're dealing with with our own government right now. These people, I don't care if they put their book hand on a Bible. If you're Tulsi Gabbard, you put your hand on the Gita. You don't even put it on the Bible. But it's, you just have to be very wary of people that are using God's word just frivolously. And the real part of this is to get into where this real warfare is. We are at war, and I think we have to get back to that tenant. And we've gone a long way over this last 18 months. Hey, before I forget, uh, Duncan just finished his show. I, I totally forgot to mention it the previous show, and I'll come back to this. But Duncan, who now has his new show called The Kilted Christian, he just did his show before this. He's going to do his show every night after Bards FM and before Fishers of Men. Did a great first show. So continue to give him support. Now, for all of you went over there and checked him out, thank you. It's awesome. Really good show. Enjoyed him. So um, anyway, and it's all in Podbean too. So it's like one good place to go. All right, so the deal is here is that we're dealing with people that are just it's just this, this superficial relationship with Christ. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah, I put my hand in the Bible. Oh, yeah, it's good. Unless you understand the magnitude of what you're doing, it's not carrying the weight and the power of what's it's, what it's intended. That's part of the problem in our court system right now. Do you swear? Yeah, I swear. I mean, it, and for most people, I and I mean this, when you say swear, it's like, yeah, I swear. I can curse like a sailor. And that's like, that's not what I meant. But that's where we have gone to in this culture of an agnostic culture. So we have a lot of expectations that come about that. And people do. They're like, well, you know, I'm, I hope we can do this or I hope we can do that. We can vote these people out. You're not going to change much as long as the, we are walking in a nation and a leadership in this country that is rejecting God. I'm not repulsing on anybody. I'm, there was a comment made in the last show about you know, like somehow I, I needed to support federal candidates that I'm denouncing that you know God can't do his job. God can put anybody anywhere, and if you're so-called follow. What I've made it very clear on my position and going forward this year and through the next three years, I'm, I'm not interested in state and federal candidates. 
it's not that it's not on my priority list. I'm interested in local action because I know we can affect that. I know we can affect big change. And it's part of us making a shift away from expecting the state and the federal to work for us because they haven't. They've turned against us. And, of course, the other argument is, well, if you don't try, it's like, okay, go. But we already know how the system's rigged. If you live in Oregon, trust me, we've tried to recall our governor three times, and every time it just ends up being a few votes short. Isn't that amazing? And in California, they just had an overwhelming recall of Newsom, and oh, magically that didn't work either. So as states in that are run by communists and godless atheist whores, we understand very well that his system isn't working. We get it. So when you constantly are dangling the fruit of like, oh, it's going to be better because I'm going to get in, I'm going to win, it's like, oh, whatever. But what we do know is when we work through our counties and we do know that we work at with our sheriffs and we work with our county commissions and we get people on those boards where we get ourselves on those places, including things like the librarian, the dog catcher, the environmentalist, all those other positions which are important, believe it or not, because they affect policy. And when, if you look at it like this, imagine that every secret agent of Bard's Nation is getting on there and every one of these people, no matter where you are, whether you're the dog catcher, whether you're the environmentalist or you're the overseer of the garbage collection, county commission, city commission, whatever, every one of those people is walking with Christ in their heart. Woo, that's like tearing down Satan's home, home temple right there. Tear it apart, and we're doing it locally. And that's where we really need to stay focused. So there's different ways of engagement, and I'm, I'm not telling you how to engage. I'm telling you where my focus is. Understand that. I, I don't do big rallies. I know people like to do them. I wanna, I'm focused on real action. Like, what are we going to resolve? What are you going to do in your household? Right? And that's the tenet, really, of getting back to this principle of bringing Christ into our lives and our living life. I'm not making any judgment of where you want to go. You know, I'm, we have Bards Fest. We're going to have it again this year, probably two of them. I'll probably do one or two conferences. I'll speak at a rally somewhere. That's it. But that's my focus is hyper-focused on county. And because I think that's where the real change is. And that's what I'm going to be pushing and encouraging people to do because that's you know, it's, it's, I'll, I'll give it like this. I'm not going to tell you that mega churches are bad. I'm going to tell you, I'll never, never be part of a mega church because there's no intimacy with Christ in that space for me. Some people claim there is, I don't know how you do it. Like whatever, got it. But that's to me, a very similar model because the intimacy of the fight is in the trenches in the County and the city and the local communities. The intimacy at the fight is kind of like big pipe dreams and when you get up to the idea of federal and state. And so what I know is when we come together as people and someone just wrote counties are just as corrupt. No kidding. You think I don't know that? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know what people think when I say this, like, oh, um, counties are going to be a walk in the park. Heck no, they're not going to be a walk in the park. They're going to be a bloody fight. But I know this, that when you're a squad and you're fighting in there and there's limited resources, we have to dig in harder locally in your fight. You're not trying to worry about the battlefield in a squad. You're trying to worry about the 10-meter target. And right now, we as people are way too focused on 1,000-meter targets, which we cannot affect. 
everyone gets swooned by the big rallies Trump puts out or swooned by all these other big Make America Great Again rallies or Save America rallies or whatever they are. But what is the tactic to get that to mean something? Sure, it makes you feel good. You're around people. You're in a big community. What are you doing to make and what is happening at your local county to make things happen? Counties are the hardest work of all because people don't want to stand up. So that the whole thing here is I don't want to be ruled by a federal government like this. And I don't even want to be ruled by a federal government at all. That's constitutional. And the state governments are just rancid right now. And they've, if you are in a blue state, you know what I'm talking about. They do not care whatsoever. So the point is that as we work together and we're digging in hard into counties, that's where we can affect change. Let me just give you a glimpse of what that looks like. I want you to imagine this because not that I would ever advocate something like this. Like, yes, I would. Just be clear. Imagine if you had 30 states, 30, excuse me, Oregon has about 30 red counties. And Northern California has another group of counties that hate California. Good for them too, because we don't like that. We don't like the bad part of California, but we love those Northern California counties because they're very much like us. So imagine if you had 30 plus counties and say, we'll just say 12 counties of Northern California. It all got together and said, you know what? We all agree that our states are broken. We know that the federal government is not going to do anything for us. So as of today, all, we'll just use a number, 42 of us counties are now declaring ourselves to be a new state. And this is what you're going to get. You're going to tell the, the states are going to say, you can't do that. And the counties are going to say, we just did. And then the federal government is going to say, you can't do that. And the counties are going to say, we just did. And the federal government is going to say, we're going to take away all your money. And the counties say, go ahead. We don't need it anyway. And we're not going to pay you any either. And the states say, oh, wait a minute. Um, well, we're going to take away your money too. And we're like, good, because we're not going to pay you our money either. The federal government says, all right, we're going to send in, we're going to send in the FBI. States say, this new state, the counties say, you Get out of our state. You come in here with one malintent. If we find anybody trying to stir up problems or insurrection, you're going to be arrested and tried for treason. And that penalty is death. And we're also deputizing everybody in our county because in our new state, everybody is required to go through gun training and be armed at all times. You see what I'm getting at? So it's all within our power, but you have to think outside the box. Imagine now if that happened to, let's say there was a thousand counties that took online with building alliances with each other and all becoming constitutional sanctuaries. And let's just say that out of those thousand counties, we'll use, a, we'll use 25 counties in a block just for the sake of conversation. So bear with me. We'll say 25 counties and we'll make it 50 freeze. So there's clusters of 50 counties across this nation that get together so that would be 1,000 counties, right? Two times 10. That's 20 clusters of counties. 
that all of a sudden simultaneously all proclaim that they're different states. They're no longer part of their own states, but they're making their new states and the federal government can go pound sand. We're not asking for succession. We're simply going to do it. You see where I'm getting at? This is how we exodus and rebuild the nation. This is how it's done. So when people are sitting here, and I, I get this, it's like, well, wait a minute, how come you're not supporting federal? Because it's broken, it's disgusting, it's a, it's a cesspool of Luciferian hell. Why bother? It's all rigged, but if we remake this from within, no one says it can't be done. You're going to hear the court threats, you can't do that. The Supreme Court says, we're like, okay, whatever, we just did it. What are you going to do about it? Well, we're going to cut off, like I keep telling, we're going to cut off trade. Okay. We're building a model where we're going to be self-sufficient. So go ahead. And if we place this strategically across the nation, basically the, my idea is if we take a thousand counties through the gut of the country, there ain't going to be much moving of anything without those thousand counties saying, okay. So think big patriots. Don't think small. But fight local. That's the key. All right? It really is. Because I think when we, and there's a great lesson here in Scripture. There really is. We don't see Christ trying to topple the Roman Empire. In fact, his battles were very personal. And I think apropos to all of this is really where is our faith? Where, where do we anchor our faith in all of this? So yeah, I just took I just took everybody on a little rabbit hole, a rabbit trail, around something a bigger vision. But I, I just want you to realize that Christ was a local fighter. That was fighting in a tactical level and having strategic effect. That means local and having global effect. Okay. So if you're going to try to fight and win a presidential race, you better have about a billion dollars in your pocket. But if I'm going to fight and win at a county level, and if we did it right, if one county, for example, one county was able to identify itself as being sovereign, as a constitutional sovereign county that was independent, had its own energy, had its own food, completely independent from everybody, and the county basically told the state to go pound sand, I want you to think about the message that would send across the 3,000 counties in this nation. That's literally like the boulder in the middle of the pond, right? And if you look at what Christ was doing, so much of that was what he was doing. He was the boulder in the middle of the pond. The only question was, where was the faith, right? So in this time when we're getting into this fight, and, I, and we're, we're in it now, I'm really going to encourage, constantly encourage this idea the intimacy in their relationship with Christ. Not just the word of scripture, but the intimacy. Let me read this passage to you. It's, it's, um, this passage is John 5.39. It's really profound and to that point. These are, this is red letter language. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. And you are unwilling to come to me so that, so that you may have life. That's amazing. 
You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me, and you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. In other words, scriptures are a passage, a gateway to Christ, and a gateway to the intimacy of Christ that we have to have, which arguably we can make a number of points throughout scripture that lacking the Bible, as long as you had an intimate relationship with Christ, you're going to be fine. That's the type of resolute warrior we need right now. And that's that unwavering, unintimidated warrior. And this is, this is a conversation he's, Christ is having with the Pharisees. It's profound. And that's the fight. And so here's another example. Christ is fighting at the Pharisees' level, and here we are today talking about this almost at a global level. Each county's fight can be like that, and it's very profound. Check this out. <laughs> this, this one will give you a head bender. This is Matthew eleven twelve. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent men take it by force. Just think about that. I'm going to read it again. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent men take it by force. I have been saying this over and over, that we do not teach the martial aspect of Scripture or, or Christ. We teach this milquetoast garbage, which is all about compliance, all about, like, you must accept everything. You accept everything. You believe in nothing. And if there's one thing that we, we can honestly say, Christ was this unbelievable warrior, is he, he epitomizes everything that a warrior should be. Deeply compassionate, unbelievably strong, resolute in his commitment and focus, unwavering in his presence, never intimidated by anything. And even at the moment when a sword was an option, he reminds everybody that he has even greater force than that. He is, he is an unbelievable warrior. And I think when we balance that with characters like Joshua, David, Gideon, we see, my opinion here, folks, so you get this, we see a different lens on that, that elevation. So Christ is walking as God's son. But when we, and he does not draw a sword, not even when they come to get him. Matter of fact, he stays the sword of Peter right then and heals the ear of the soldier. And that's, un, that's unbelievable when you think about it. Because even then, he's presenting the ultimate power of agape love. But while we are seeking that incredible intimacy with Christ, we are also reminded that in the lands of men and Nephilim, or whatever else we're dealing with out here right now, there are moments when God reminds us that there, you have to hold the line and you have to hold it strong. 
Because the one message we get over and over is this enemy that we are dealing with is evil and that God will pursue them and use man to do it, to pursue them ruthlessly. That's not a question. Gideon, David, Joshua, there's three. And if you want to take Noah and the flood, you can kind of get a sense of what happens when God gets really wrathful. My point is, in no way am I in trying to encourage some sort of martial action. The point is that that resolute part of you has to come to a place of embracing this as warfare and what it means to commit to warfare. Everybody wants, everybody questions themselves. I'm telling you this firsthand. I'm telling you it's true. Everybody questions themselves. What will happen if in a time of war, what happens if I confront this? What I'm going to tell you is this, because I've been there, been through that. This is what I'm going to tell you. The relationship that you have with Jesus when you get into those moments where you have to be strong, you're going to be stronger than you ever thought you would be. When you trust in Christ, the decisions you'll have to make will be clear. Your heart will not hesitate. Your hand will not hesitate. But it's going to be greatly dependent upon your deep relationship with Christ. Not everybody's going to tell you this. A lot of guys are going to tell you that, well, you got to learn how to shoot well. Well, there's the technique. A lot of guys are going to tell you, well, you better know, better be in great fitness. There's another thing that's probably not a bad idea. But in the time of conflict, all of that gets threaded, shedded and thrown aside. Let me tell you, when that first round goes over your head or hits you or someone takes a swing at you or there's an ominous threat coming at you like Goliath, I don't care how much training in the world you have. What's going to make the difference is the person that has a heart that does not budge, that doesn't, doesn't flutter or shake because of what you see because you have to know deeper who you are. The mighty have nothing to do with size. The mighty have to do with their relationship in Christ. And when you get into that place, let me tell you, you can move mountains. Much of what we are dealing with now is an enemy that understands and smells weakness. They smell absolute weakness. And it's, it's part of what just riles me every day because so many Americans have fallen to the fear and in so doing, they've just exude an odor of weakness and you can see it in them. And the weakness then turns to this Insecure violence, verbal violence or stalking violence. These are pathetic people. They have lost their way. They have nothing in them but fear. That is not what God created. And I would, I'll stand on that one in front of God. I'll tell him, I would gladly say, Father, you did not create this nonsense. And if he tells me I'm wrong, I'll be like, all right, but there's no way I can believe you would because you're, you're too great. You're too powerful. You wouldn't create a scurrying little slimy rat that runs around with a mask on its face and calls itself human. So we have the need, the opportunity would be a better term. We have the opportunity to stand up boldly embracing that power of Christ. 
And I think, I really think that people are afraid of it. So hear me out. And I'm not, I'm not dinging on anybody. I want you to hear this and I want you to please take this to prayer because I'm very serious. I think people are afraid of talking about Christ and the relationship in, in our faith of being strong, mighty warriors. I think they're hesitant because I think they translate that to, you've got me wanting to kill people. It's like, I know it's not what we're talking about. You've missed the entire principle of what it's to be a warrior if you think that way. And I also think that people don't like the idea of having to stand up. I think a lot of people are very comfortable sitting in a pew or stepping back and say, I'm just going to pray and that's it. Because you don't have to have the engagement. True story. So I'm in Florida. I was going to a state park that is a, a sinkhole. And I don't know if you've seen these in Florida. They're, they're unbelievably beautiful. There's like these deep sinkholes and you go down on these stairs and there's just all this flora and fauna that grows all the way down like several hundred feet. And it was always, it, at this point in time when I was down there, they had just changed the rules that there was, the state parks could only be funded through donations. So I pulled in. I didn't have a lot of money. And I pulled in and I gave my parking fee, my donation to go to the park. And like I said, I didn't have a lot of money. And, I, and as I walked into the park, I looked behind me and these two guys were rolling in a big four-wheel drive. And they'd be, you'd kind of classify them as Bubba. They were some big boys. And they just parked and walked right in. And it really got under my nerves. I was like, you know what? There was, they have no problem paying the $5 fee. So I didn't say anything. And I went down, but I found it bothering me. So on the way up the stairs, they were coming down. And, you know, so I've, I've got the, the, I have the, the, the dossier of being a black belt in martial arts and all this garbage. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, you know, it comes to hopefully it'll go right, but I'm going to trust that we're going to be able to work this through. So I just, as they came down and they're, they're doing their bebop bubba thing. And I'm just like, Hey, gentlemen, I said, I've got to ask you a question. And you can see it happen right then. There's all this kind of chest up pucker up like, Oh, Oh, we're going to have a fight. I said, guys, I saw you come in and these parks don't get funded unless we donate them. And you didn't pay your fee. And I would really appreciate if you would do that and go back and pay your fee or at least pay it on the way out. And, you know, they turned into like butter. It was like two kids that got caught stealing a cookie out of a cookie jar. You're like, uh, they're looking at each other like, yeah, you're right, man. And they're like looking at their feet. You know, you do look at their feet and you do the shuffle thing with your feet. <laughs> when you know the kid's guilty. And I mean, like you, you, I just watched two bubbas melt into butter on a plan pancake sheet. And, and I wasn't, it wasn't hostile, but it was true. That's the point. Okay. It was true. And they did, they did the right thing. Now I'm not going to tell you that every engagement is going to do that. I've had, uh, I've had some other engagements that got a little more testy. Like when I, years ago when I was working at McDonald's and one of the local gangs who later shot one of the kids I was working for me as I was a manager at McDonald's. But when I went out to their car and asked them for to get the tray back that they stole from the restaurant, that was an interesting moment. <laughs> Trust me, that, that was a little tense. I got the tray back, though. Matter of fact, they brought it back and threw it at me in the store, but that's okay. 
But my point is, we have to stand for what's right. And in, in, our, in faith and in walking with God, we don't have an, op- an option. And I truly believe this. I don't, we don't have an option to be able to scurry back and go, okay, well, God, I know I should have done this, but I decided not to and I was going to pray instead. Part of being a warrior in Christ is be able to stand up for truth and walk that path. That's the mightiness of it. That's the strength of it. And it is powerful. And I, when we take that in context of Matthew eleven twelve, 12, now hear these words. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men take it by force. If we are waging spiritual violence, meaning, and I mean the decisive action to take it, we are going to take it. Because the kingdom of heaven is going to suffer violence because that's what they do. And it's a rather profound thing to think of where our role is in that. Because our role, if we consider our role to be pew sitters and God's put us here and we're, and our, and the kingdom of heaven is suffering violence, what's that say about us? We're God's children. And I'm not going to buy this thing. It's like, well, yeah, I'm God's child, but I don't, I'm not ready for war. Well, guess what? You got one. Whether you want it or not, buck up. And I, I, that's so important to grasp in this time that it is whether you wanted it or not, it's always been this way, that we have always been at war. And the other part to grasp that is in war, everybody has a place. Too often when we talk about warfare, we think of everybody being on the front lines with bayonets and scabbards drawn or something, or swords drawn from scabbards. That, that's not the way war works. You know, when you read the heroic stories of the revolution, you had the, the Minutemen and the frontline militias that were fighting, but they could not have done their job without the farmer, without the nurse, without the people, the seamstress, without something, somebody tending to worship and prayer and somebody tending to the kids, I can go on a list of things. None of that would have happened, but it, none of it would have been possible. And you know what's crazier when you think about the Revolutionary War? We're sitting here like wondering what we're going to do and we're trying to get our head around. Too many people are trying to get their head around a government that has completely turned bad. We're at the same place. It's just a little bigger scene. But the British were everywhere. The British were running the ports. The British, they were in the villages. The whole idea of not giving quarter to troops in the, in the home came because the British were forcing their selves on homes in the, in the colonies, telling them, you must put up our soldiers. There was all sorts of horrible things going. The British were not nice people. I don't know what they are now other than some people that like too much tea, eat crumpets, and have a funny accent. I don't know. And if you're British, you know what I'm saying because <laughs> we're still the colonies. And we love you anyway. Just don't get the vax if you're British. We do love you, though, truly. Even though we did womp you in the Revolutionary War. And we did womp you. But anyway. So... The whole point here is that we are in a hostile land and whether you want to look at it as a hostile land with a hostile government, or if you want to look at it in terms of 
what it is really. We're in a hostile land that God has passed us here, and it's been hostile from the beginning. We're not friends. We've never had a good relationship with Satan. I don't know if you know that or not. It hasn't gone well. You know, and God's like, nope. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to steal him. He's like, nope. That kind of didn't work out well from the beginning. But we have something greater than anything else, and that is this unbelievable light that comes through us. And we have an incredible ability to find joy and love in the moment, and that is the most powerful weapon in war. There is nothing more intimidating to an enemy than when they can't break you. And they won't break us. They're trying. They're trying to wear us down, break us, get us so worn down that we will bow to them and finally ask them, please, oh, please, do not, do not do any more. I need to be, I need you to let up. I'll do whatever you want. That's what they're expecting. But this is the truth, and it's Micah 7, 8. Do not rejoice over me, O my enemy. Though I fall, I will rise. Though I dwell in darkness, the Lord is my light for me. So that's what our enemy's facing, and they know it, and it's driving them crazy, and the thing is we're getting stronger every day. You push harder, we're getting like, no, not doing this. And it's now time to have that resolve in our, in our core to start looking at the ways to reset this thing, not on their terms, but on God's terms. And so there's going to be a lot of discussion the rest of this year about what this reset looks like. And it's going to be a hard push to get that reset because we have to make the decision, not one person. One person's always going to be isolated. But as we start coming together as communities and standing strong, and we become those quote, disciples of the Exodus. And we start really make, getting people to realize that there is a way out of this, that we can decide as communities to come together, to be self-sufficient, self-reliant. That we can make our counties constitutional sanctuaries. And once we do that, we can link with other counties that are constitutional sanctuaries, and we can start building alliances that way. This is just like the colonial days. Because everything around us Everything around us is corrupted. And if we do not start taking hold of what that means and we keep relying on the system to fix things for us, we know where that's going to lead. So first sentence, second paragraph, Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that amongst these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Their creator, our creator, God, and through Christ Jesus to the Father. Then this, but when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object invices a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. It does not say it is their right and it is their duty to try to window wash the existing pilfered system and hope that it's going to get better. We have a duty 
And the greatest thing about that statement of duty is that duty is in our own declaration of independence. It's a duty to God. Think about that. We are the only country in the nation, in the history of man that we know of, that has ever put God on the throne above the nation as the supreme ruler before the institutions of men. There was no actual king placed in the place. Remember, in this time that the Declaration of Independence was written, monarchies were the standard. And instead of putting in a monarch, in fact, what's most amazing when you think about, when you read the Declaration with this in mind, everything about the objections to why they were, the reasons they had to to create the Declaration of Independence was the testimony that they give in the bottom of this to the king of Great Britain at simultaneously while proclaiming that this new land will have its own king, the only true Lord above all things, which is God. Amazing, amazing. And that's the legacy that we are given and the legacy we must fight for and the legacy that is only true that in our true intimate relationship with Christ and walking this time, it is going to require all of us to have the strength as the warrior of Christ in the various forms and gifts and talents that God has given us to pursue relentlessly and ruthlessly an end that invites such change that will throw off such despotism, not as simply a right, but as our duty to God Almighty. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time and are blessed with all that you provide, the insights you give, and the courage you provide us each and every day. Lord, you have made great warriors. And sadly, in in the years of, in the past years and even to now, we have seen that degraded and eroded to where we have compliant and weakness as the two main focuses of what seems to fulfill the masses in this nation. Lord, we are sending a prayer out for all those with strength and and love in Christ to find the warrior within them, to awaken that warrior spirit, to embrace what that is, to stand boldly, to start taking leads, for men to stand, for women to stand with them, to to really be as one as you intended and to walk with strength and to make the hard decisions, not to keep doing things over and over. We're looking for the exodus, Lord, that way to separate, to break from that which is controlling things now, to reestablish the the new direction with you on the throne above us in your name, in Christ Jesus' name. And in so doing, Lord, reclaim the strength, the dominance, the, the beauty, the glory, the love that only you can provide in such a kingdom. Lord, this land must be healed. This land must be reset. And it can only do so through you, Lord. We're humbled to be here. We're humbled to be part of this amazing time. Guide us, protect us, lead us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We've got this. 
There's a lot that we have to do, but we've got this. And we know we've got this because Christ is with us and God is at our back. Everything's going to hinge on that pivot point of us all having a relationship, a deep, intimate relationship with Christ. So I'm going to talk more about this tomorrow. But women, I'm going to give you some thoughts before the night closes. Men have their role, and they have a lot of role to live into right now. And men, we have to get more men standing up. Women, here's the thing. And I think I can sum it up in some simple simple narrative snapshots. A man that approaches a mayor and asks for a meeting, the mayor can brush him off and he's not going to listen. But women can call and call and call and call. And if the mayor rebukes them, the women can call the wife of the mayor and get the meeting. Women have amazing power in this fight. So we have to work together with our strengths in this fight. I'll tell you, you talk to any man and you get him cornered by a whole bunch of pissed off ladies. It not is not going to be good for the man. And women, you also know that women can rebuke women unlike the way men can rebuke women. Men can't get involved in that because we, well, we can at a certain point, but not very easily. Because in this climate right now, we all get accused of doing, of being stupid things. But if a woman calls up the mayor's wife and says, your husband's worthless, she's just going to hang up. If women called up and tell the mayor's wife, did you know he's sleeping with somebody? <laughs> That's going to probably, she's going to probably listen and probably divorce him and slap him and later on. So you start to get my picture. Women can talk to women differently, and they can even use their power of getting into these places that men can't. And so women, part of that responsibility you have to take right now is when you've got women destroying their children with vaxes, you better be in their face because men can't be that way. And men, we need to back them up. Pretty simple. But let's not. it's, not, it's better to let the women fight it. Like multiple women, let's stay out. That's one of those areas you're like, not going there. Would you rather, would you like to be thrown into a bull ring with a mad bull or would you like to be thrown into a ring with 50 mad women? I'll take the bull. Thank you. No problem. So. You got your marching orders, patriots. That's just a little closing thought for tonight. All right. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. We've got a great fight ahead of us. We've got a lot on our side. We've got a lot to do. And it's going to get anchored when we pray and we connect ourselves deeply with God because he's there. He's never going to forsake us. God is always with us. And God's going to win this, but we're here for a very special time and place and for such a time as this. Never forget that. So, Patriots, I will... See you tomorrow night for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time. Oh, tomorrow is also Bended Knee. One eleven tomorrow. So see you tomorrow for Bended Knee and then tomorrow night for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time.
To what we 
the close on the cold days, darling. Counting all the ways where you are a safe place to hide from the rain.